service. What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. Today is episode 91. Thanks for being here. Shout out to my guest from last week, my roommate, Mike. Mike, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was a lot of fun. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You will be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. Ratings and reviews help so much for visibility for the show, so if you can, hit us with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, write us a review, that would help us out so much. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is through our Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Each month, you'll be able to hear at least one Patreon-exclusive episode you cannot hear anywhere else. That is patreon.com slash fullservicepod. I've mentioned on here the past month or so, if you join the outcall tier of our Patreon, you will now get a free month-only fan subscription to Friends of the Podcast, Alexis Reynolds, Sweet Haley Grace, and Sophia Soma. So what are you doing? Subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Also, shout out to the newest outcall members of our Patreon, Django Jam, and my roommate Mike. Again, what up, dog? Hey, appreciate y'all subscribing to the patreon hell yeah today episode 91 i am excited i am so excited my guest i initially reached out to her and i believe it was like october or november of 2019 like right when the podcast started and we were not able to record and i think somebody reached out to me maybe like two months ago and was like hey have you had this person on the podcast so i reached out to her again and we were able to sit down and record like maybe like three weeks ago or so. So good. So good. Uh, she is an Atlanta-based companion. She is an artist. She has worked as a dancer. She's also worked as a strip club DJ. Her name, Samantha Sky. We discuss her experience as a dancer, working as a DJ in a strip club, taking a break from sex work, coming back to it after like 10 years, working as a companion, how the industry has changed since she left and returned, how she feels about seeing younger clients. We discuss review boards. We discuss the importance of the Twitter community, the sex work community. We discuss where she sees herself in the future, her love of art. So much fun. Samantha, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. You can follow her. Follow her right now. She is on Twitter at Samantha Sky X. You can find her on Instagram at Samantha underscore Sky underscore X. Her website, meetsamanthasky.com. I'm going to stop talking. I hope you all enjoy this interview with Samantha Sky. Thanks. Welcome back, listeners. It's Tag Smith. I'm so excited for today's episode. My guest is an Atlanta-based companion. She is a former dancer. She is an artist. She was a DJ at a strip club. Samantha Sky. Samantha, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, anytime, babe. I'm glad to be here. Fuck yeah. This is I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. It's great to finally meet you in person. I've been I, listening to your podcast for a while though. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, we are currently in Atlanta, looking at a beautiful view right now. Samantha, how do you uh, how do you like Atlanta? Oh man, Atlanta's a great city. It, it's a lot of fun. It's 
I tell people it's everything you want in a big city, but you know, with that laid back, cool Southern vibe. Yeah. And everywhere you go, people are smoking weed. They're just Constantly. having fun. <laughs> That's, I know, man. I've just had I've had a contact high all damn weekend just walking around here. But I lo- I love that though, you know. I was walking on the Beltline yesterday, and this dude next to me is smoking a blunt, and this cop just comes up and he's like, "Hey, there's no there's no smoking <laughs> on the Beltline. Can you please put that out?" I was like, <laughs> "Is it legal now? I don't really know, but I'm enjoying this new world that we have." <laughs> Absolutely, man. We are, uh, like I said, yeah, we're in Atlanta. Do you have, uh, what's something to do in Atlanta? Can you recommend for the people, say someone's never been here before? What's what's up? What's the move in Atlanta? Um, If you ever come to Atlanta, you absolutely have to go to the Claremont Lounge and see Blondie. Yes. Yes. And um, Little Five Points, that's one of my favorite places in the whole world. You know, it's just, it's one of those places like, you know, everybody's just down there doing their thing. Like, I was sitting there earlier eating some pizza, and there was this one guy just, you know, he was just walking around playing guitar. Then another guy who's walking around playing guitar just comes up and starts. And next thing I know, these two guys are just sitting there jamming together, Hell yeah. doing acoustic prints. And yeah. I'm like, man, I love y'all. I went up and gave them 20 bucks each, and I'm like, y'all just keep playing some prints. So they did. But, it, you know, it's just one of those places. It's, you know, it's so laid back. It's eclectic and fun. and Such a cool spot. I love, like, Little yes, Five. It yeah, if, you, if you've never been to Atlanta, <laughs> go to Little Five Points, walk around. You can see some cool shit. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. It's like it. I remember, like back in the, you know, in the late 80s and stuff, it used to be called the Hate Ashbury of Atlanta. Really? And yes, and that's, you know, that's pretty much, that kind of describes it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, uh, not, some people might not know you lived in Germany for a little bit. Yes. How was Germany? How do you like it? Oh man, Germany was awesome. I was 15 when I moved there and, um, there's a kind of a funny story behind that. I was thinking about that earlier. <laughs> Should I tell? Tell the people, tell the, <laughs> I mean, so so look, I was I was born and raised in Kentucky. I grew up in this little bitty rural ass town. I was surrounded by nothing but coal mines and cornfields growing up, literally. And so when I was in high school, my mom used to sell a little pot on the side, you know, make some extra money and stuff. And she ended up getting busted with with like a pound. So um, <laughs> the authorities were threatening to take me away from her unless she rolled on some people. So I had a couple of aunts who were stationed over in Germany. Okay. Different branches of the military. And she come to me one day. She's like, hey, you know, you want to go live in Germany with your auntie? And I'm like, well, hells yes. You know, I'm like, get me out of here. When do I go? And I didn't find out until years later that she actually went to an attorney and had temporary custody of me signed over to my aunt. Okay. So, you know, once she got me out of there, they they had nothing to dangle over her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I ended up in Germany. But, you know, I was like 15 at the time, right before I turned 16. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And I remember landing at the airport, and I'm walking through the airport, and this guy damn near ran over me with a freaking bicycle. They, they're, and, they're wild with the bikes in Germany. Yeah, <laughs> It is, man. I was just like, oh, my God. And then, you know, my aunt and, and her friend picked me up at the airport. And then they're just like, you know, I was, I could go in stores and buy beer. I could go out to clubs. It was just like, it was just oh my wild God. as hell. It's probably amazing. Like, 
Yes. And I mean, but, you know, aside from all the partying and stuff, though, I mean, the German people are like super cool and everything. And there's so much history in the country. Yeah. I live right outside of Nuremberg. Oh, okay. And that's like, you know, it's an old medieval city. Oh, yeah. Very, very cool. I, went, I also I went, party with some rock stars when I was over there, oh, too. Oh, shit. So no. that was awesome. <laughs> yes. I've I, met some famous people in my day. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I went in, like, 2006 when I was in high school. And, it, yeah, it was fucking oh, sweet. It was cool. Cool, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good place, definitely. It was very memorable. Hell, yeah. So you're an artist as well. Yes. How long have you been creating art? How long have you been doing that? Um, ever since I was a little kid, I've, um, you know, I started drawing and painting when I was really, really little. And, um, you know, I grew up with my grandmother and one of our, our next door neighbor, she was a retired art teacher. She was a retired college art teacher. Okay. And, you know, I remember when I was a little kid, like going over and hanging out at her house and stuff. And she would show me all this different stuff to do. And like, she taught me how to do pottery and oh, nice. she was, I mean, she, yeah, she was just like this old hippie art lady and she was cool. And she would just, you know, take me around like anything that I was interested in. She would show me how to do it. Damn. Hell yeah. And I just kind of, I don't know, you know, I just kind of had a knack for it. So I've been drawing and painting all my life. What's some, uh, what's something you might've created or drawn or painted? What's something, you have anything you're like most proud of or anything you're like, that was sick. And you're like, fuck yeah. What was, you got anything like that? Well, I do. It was something, um, it was something that I drew for one of my best, one of my lifelong best friends. Um, and he passed away in 2002, but he wanted me to draw a picture that represented all three aspects of his heritage, which was European, Native American, and African. Okay. And the one that I drew for him, it was it was a picture of the Egyptian goddess Sekhmet. Okay. She has um, she has the head of a lion, and I drew this picture, and I can't even describe it, but it was such a Sorry. Oh, you're good. I just miss him so much, and he was also my sister's godfather. Oh, shit. And we were talking about him recently, but um, that picture that I drew for him, it was just, like, one of the most ultimate and one of the most detailed pieces that I ever drew. Hell, yeah. That's awesome. It was a labor of love. Fuck, yeah. She, She went with him, and, you know, Godspeed to both of them, so. Hell, yeah. I feel like, you know, now we're, I feel like we're kind of on the back end of this pandemic. Hopefully, you know, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's something you're excited to do kind of like now that everything's kind of opening up and stuff that you haven't been able to do, you know, in the past year? I want to go to a concert. Oh my God. That's like one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. Nice. Nice. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm going to Bonnaroo in September. So I'm, oh, I'm excited about that. Nice. What uh? What's a concert? If you're going to a concert, any concert, what's uh? Where you who you go to see? Oh man, the the only one. Well, I had tickets um for last summer. Alanis Morissette and Garbage. Oh nice. Yeah, and as far as I know, that's still going on. But Megadeth and Lamb of God got canceled. That hurts. That hurts me. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ministry and KMFDM. That one was supposed to be August 30, or not August 30th, April 30th. Okay. But they pushed it back to October 
And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that that's still going to go on because those are two of my favorite bands. Nice, fuck yeah. So yes, if 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 Alanis gets canceled, I don't give a shit. Just please let me go see Ministry. Ministry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me get in that mosh pit. <laughs> I feel like if uh, you know if people follow you on Twitter, they know that you're into cosplay. How yes. long, how long have you been uh, into cosplay? Well, you know, it's another one of those things like, um, like all my life, I've loved dressing up like I was that weird little kid that would wear masks and costumes all year, even if it wasn't Halloween. And I've always loved cosplay, but I just really started getting into it serious probably, probably about five years ago when I really started having the money to do it. Okay. So, yeah, I was always one of those people who just kind of, you know, I'd, I sat back and watch other people do it, check out pictures online. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I need to, <laughs> I want to do this so bad. And then when I finally got a chance to really, you know, start investing in it and getting into it. Yeah. Hell. And my first, like, like my first real, real good one was uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. Nice. Just that, just that, would that be your favorite go-to or do you have a favorite? Like if I'm like, I'm dressing up, I can do anything I fucking want to, who, who are you going as? You know, it it just it just really kind of depends because like I have a whole, you know, I have a whole lot of characters I've been saving up over the years that I've been wanting to do. So and then you know sometimes also like my cosplays it depends on what color my hair would be. Okay, okay. <laughs> like uh, like when I did Harley Quinn, I actually had the white hair. Oh, nice. And then I had the ends of it dyed. And when I did Jessica Rabbit. I actually had the red hair, and when I did Domino from X-Force, I had the black hair. Oh, nice. But, you know, these days I'm not screwing with my hair that much, so yeah. I started buying wigs. Okay. But, um, yeah, my my next cosplay is going to be Emma Frost. Okay. And then my next horror cosplay is going to be Mitsuko Somo from Battle Royale. Ooh, nice. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. I'm... The, the Japanese movie where all the kids are on the island and they're okay, killing each okay. other Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> yes, I mean, I've I've loved that movie. It's one of those movies I've loved for a long time. So, have you yeah. been to any like cons or anything like that? Um, Dragon Con, I went to one time back in '89 when I first moved here, and that was when it was just you know like pretty much a little comic book convention. Yeah, yeah. And um, other than that, I've been to I've been to Walker Stalker Con three times. Okay. Days of the Dead. That's it's a horror con, but it's also got you know they also have like different guests. Like um, they usually have like some wrestlers, musicians. They oh. have a lot of um, they have a lot of eighties actors there too. And that's oh, actually nice. one. Of, that's one of my favorite ones. You know, like hell, I met um. Oh God, Steve Gutenberg, uh, Ralph Macchio. I met there. Um, this year they're having D. Wallace and um, Henry Thomas from E. T. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, e. I met I met Richard Dreyfus there. Um, all the all the Cenobites from Hellraiser. I okay. got a picture with all of them, and I have a, I have one of the Hellraiser puzzle boxes that's signed by Clive Barker and all the Cenobites. Damn. Yeah. That's I would I would go to a con where I get to meet a bunch of wrestlers like from my youth. I feel like that'd be kind of fun. Oh, uh, that would I, be I think, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, check out check out Days of the Dead because you never know who they're gonna have on the roster. They had um, they had Ric Flair there. I'm thinking about three years ago. Shit. Yeah. Um, they had. That I've dude's got, immortal. <laughs> oh, I know when he when he walked in when he walked in the back hall there. I mean, there was like hundreds of people yelling. Woo! That guy, he could command a room like still like oh man. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it, he was super, super cool. And uh, Shawn Michaels was there. I've got a picture with him. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one you want to check out. Nice. That'd be, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. What uh? What's something you're passionate about? What's up your passion? What's up? What's up? Yeah. What's something you're passionate about? Well, you know, I guess like you know, as far as like things that are going on in the world, something that I'm very, very passionate about is um, the the rights of women and girls all over the world to live in peace, to to not be abused, to not be discriminated and killed just because of their gender. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, even in countries like ours where we have equal rights and protection under the law, it, you know, we still live in fear. We still can't, you know, we go out by ourselves. Like, don't go out at night. Hold your keys in your hands. Carry pepper spray. You know, are are we ever going to get to a point where we can just live and exist in peace? I mean, it's like I like my sister. She's been out. She's been harassed. I mean, every, pretty much every female friend that I have has been harassed at some point oh, by yeah. whoever you know. And it's yeah, it's it's wild. Dude, dudes out here. Hey, yo, dudes. Hey, you listen to the podcast. <laughs> Chill out, bro. Be cool, okay? You know, but it's 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 a thing. It is, you know, and my niece who's twelve, like she's just you know, starting to get that age and like, I'm, I'm so scared for her. I mean, I feel like now I'm glad that I've, you know, passed the whole like adolescence thing, but it's like growing up now where you have the internet constantly coming at you, social media, oh, man, I, know. I would hate to grow up now. Like I'd, I'd hate to grow up now. Just being a kid, being a kid now would suck. Oh man, it's, it's got to be hard. Like you know, when I was growing up and everything, you know, there were there were no cell phones, there were no internet. You know, thank God I'd probably be in hiding for the rest <laughs> of my life. Some of the shit that we did, but but you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a radically different world. Yeah, it's yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be a kid now either. No, I'm glad. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Being a kid in the eighties was cool though, man. It was it was a good time. I ain't complaining. <laughs> See, I feel like when you could get away with shit, there with with the lack of cameras that were there around, just made life just so much nicer. You know, you could just get away with so many things. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know your friends still said they'd be like, "Hey, remember when you did this, that, and the other?" And I'm like. Don't no. Yeah. How drunk was I? How how stoned was I? Why do you, I remember that? But I'm gonna pretend like I don't. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> My friends will occasionally just remind me of shit like that we did like a while back. I was like, man, I don't even remember that. But wow, see, I've done terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not on the internet though. Yeah, it's not on the internet. No one knows. Right. It's, it's only in our heads. <laughs> right. And if we live long enough, hopefully it goes away. You just forget about it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have a feeling I'm going to be sitting there. I'm, I'm still going to have one of my friends over there going, hey, do you remember when you did? And I'll be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Why, are you, why are you bringing that up? Why are you bringing me down with this shit? I know. Why are you living in the past? <laughs> <laughs> I've changed. I'm a different person than I was. Okay. So. <laughs> We've moved on. Yeah. But that was funny as yeah. fuck. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes, man. I appreciate you coming to the podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
kicking it back old school style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, uh, like I always try to start at the beginning of everyone's kind of like sex work journey. Yeah. Do you feel like you can remember your first exposure to sex work at all? Yes. Um, burlesque. Oh, okay. Burlesque counts as sex work. Yes. Yeah. 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 When, um, when I was a kid on HBO, there was live from the Moulin Rouge. It was like this special that they did. And I don't even remember how I ran across it. All right. I lived at my grandmother's and back then we had this cable box and had like this little slider on it. And I'm sitting there like sliding through the channels and all of a sudden there was like, there was this lady in a big tank and she was topless and she was swimming around like just doing all. And I mean, it was just the most beautiful thing. And my grandma was in the kitchen and I'm sitting here like, and I mean, (laughs) so I'm, I'm sitting here watching this and then, you know, like it, the show, like there was, you know, there was just all these beautiful ladies, like they were gorgeous and flamboyant and they were putting on this show and everything. And like, I don't know. From that point, I was just, that's what got me fascinated. Okay. Okay. And then, um, oh, and Pam Greer. Yeah. Also around that same time, um, I ran, I ran across Foxy Brown on one of those. Nice. Nice. (laughs) On one of those cable channels and stuff. And Pam just blew my little mind. But anyway, you know, but, but like growing up back then, like pretty much the only thing you saw about sex workers on you know like on the movies or tv it it was like the street hookers you know bending over the cars and it, you know this that, this that and the other but it but it was really the burlesque is what got me started That's what drew, on drew that you in? yes oh yeah and then that got me fascinated with dancers so i think you know that's kind of um that's kind of what had me thinking about it and then after i graduated from high school i was you know i was looking for a job because my mom was like you have any plans on, you know, going to college, anything like that? And I'm like, well, no, you know, I've just been trying to think about getting through the past two years. And she's like, well, you need to get a job. So I'm looking for a job. And one day she was like, well, you know, as much as you like dancing and running around naked, why don't, oh, sorry. Oh, you're good, you're good. So she's like, as much as you like dancing and running around naked, you could be a stripper. And I was sitting there thinking, and it was something that never occurred to me because, like, I thought you had to have big titties to be a stripper. Anybody can be a stripper. Right. Well, you, well, you know, see, that that's another one of those things, you know, like, growing up, you know, every time you saw, you know, like, sex workers or dancers or strippers on TV and the movies or whatever, you know, they all have big titties. I guess so that's I was what, yeah. like, I was like, you know, me. Um, but then, so, you know, I'm like, well... I'll try it. <laughs> and then one thing led to another. So there I was at this club in Smyrna called the Platinum Plus. Okay. Yeah. How was, how was, how was that club? How'd you like it? It was so weird. It was, um, this, the city wouldn't give them a liquor license. So it was 18 and up. Oh, uh, okay. It was a juice bar, but I mean, you know, I, I made all right money there. And I mean, it honestly, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was it was my starting job. I made good money there. How uh, how did you like dancing? Like did you like before like going into dancing? Did you? I'm sure you had like an idea of kind of what that was. Was that different at all than what you kind of how your experience was? Yes, it was. Um, it was. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be glamorous. To be totally honest, and it was. Um, 
it was just, it, it was really not, at least for me anyway, you know, like there was, like there was no big stage and all these bright lights and poles and people throwing money at you and everything like that. It was just like this short ass little stage that was probably about two feet tall and just, you know, since there was no alcohol, people just sitting there drinking coffee. Oh, God, <laughs> that's not going to, that is not going to get the money flowing. That's <laughs> yes, but I mean, so yeah, you know, I had to, uh, I had to move to another part of Atlanta before, um, you know, before it got to that point where there was bright lights and big poles. Okay, okay. <laughs> big poles. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like there's like a learning curve or like a waiver period in dancing when you're like not good? Is that a thing? Or you're like, you've been dancing for a while. You're like, I'm amazing starting out. Was there a learning curve or waiver period at the beginning? Um, You know, for me, actually, dancing at the club was not the first time I had stripped for money. Okay. Okay. So, you know, that, that was just the first time that I did it formally at a club, but... You know, I I had always loved dancing and everything, but um, I guess if you've never done it before, there probably is. But for me personally, it was just, I remember I was sitting back there, you know, getting ready in the dressing room my first day, and then I heard somebody saying, I'm not going to say the name because I went by my civvy name back then. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, my civvy name's unusual. And nobody ever questioned it. So I heard them like, you know, calling my name, calling my name, and I'm like, Somebody's like, hey, you're on stage. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I run out there on stage. Welcome to the jungle. Oh, and I'm just I'm just up there like, okay, hey, what's up? And I just I just started doing my thing and that was that. Yeah, that's great. Yes. <laughs> Do you feel like there was anybody, you know, at the beginning of dancing that kind of like helps you along the way? Or are you kind of doing this completely solo by yourself, mm-hmm. learning as you go kind of thing? Or how how was that? My dance mentor was Miss Catherine. Nice. She was she was an older lady. She she wasn't there like at the, at the very beginning, but this was at another club I worked at. But she was one of those. Um, I was I was twenty one. I just turned twenty one when I started working at this place. And Catherine, she was she was probably in her early fifties at the time. Okay. But yeah, and there you know there was a lot of times where I'd be back there crying. So and so did in this motherfucker this and that. And she would take me and like literally grab me by the arm yeah. and snatch me aside and be like, "Look!" And she would sit there and make me look her in the eyes. And she would and she would tell me stuff. And she would always smack me in the hand when she did. Oh this. god! And I guess maybe, I mean, serious. She was she was like my little dance mama, and she would smack me on the hand when she would tell me this stuff. I guess to make sure yeah, she yeah. had my attention. <laughs> but one one of the important lessons she ever gave, she gave me. There was this guy who, this sugar daddy, who had screwed me over. Yeah. And I was back there crying, and she grabbed me, and she snatched me over, and she grabbed my hand, and she gave me that smack, and she said, you get that cash in your hand. And I'm like, yes, Miss Catherine, okay. <laughs> and and still to this day, I live by that motto, get that cash in your hand. That's real talk. There you go. Fuck yeah. She she was she was my number one mentor. There's you know there's been a few come and go along the way, but she she was the one who was just straight up real cool as fuck. Had no other ulterior motives. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite strip club in Atlanta? Mm. Like I guess maybe that you if you're gonna go to a strip club, where's the where's the, where are you going? 
Well, these days I go to Fanny's. Okay. Riley's Riley's was my favorite. That was like my home away from home, my cheers. But, you know, it closed down a couple years ago. And um, so, yeah, these days I go to Fanny's just because it's, you know, it's one of those places like, you know, I feel at home. I know people there. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, like these, like these clubs downtown, like the Cheetah, you know, they're like, there's good looking girls there. But when I go in there, I just, you know, I kind of feel, I'm like, blah, this is boring. You know, I want to, I want to party. I want to be around <laughs> friendly people. I want to go where everybody knows my name. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, I miss Riley's, but, uh, but you know, Fanny's, I got a lot of friends down there. Okay. And it's just, it's, it's a cool neighborhood. I like, I like the neighborhood bar kind of vibes okay okay definitely yeah so that so that's what i like about it and then and then of course the claremont oh yeah yeah i've only been once but i was like it was so great it was it was it was was awesome (laughs) i went a couple weeks ago like uh have you been in their rooftop bar they got like a rooftop bar at the top of the claremont hotel really yeah it's so nice like because it uh and it's like you can have like 360 views of atlanta and shit like uh you can see like pond city market you can see kind of like midtown and shit it's a yeah i I, I had no idea they that must have been something new that they did yeah next time you go just go up to the roof and they got a bar up there shit is nice it's cool fuck yeah man next time i'm downtown i'm gonna do that i'm gonna go downtown See some titties, <laughs> get a table dance, go upstairs. <laughs> Fuck yeah. How uh, DJ? So you DJed at strip club as yes. well. How'd you like DJ? Man, you know, you know, the money's good, but oh God, dealing with drunk strippers all night. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love y'all. I love y'all. I love my strippers. But damn, when you're the DJ and you guys sit there and listen to everybody cry every night and tell you how they can't tip you out because they spent all your money on cocaine, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but but no, it was it was it was good. I can't complain. I you know I made good money. I met a hell of a lot of cool people along the way. Okay, so two questions: yeah. What was your favorite go-to dance song? And then also, do you feel like there is a most popular song that was requested from other people? My personal favorite song to dance to was, well, it and the song that I made the most money to ever in this this is wild, um, Stigmata by Ministry, but the ten minute long live version. Okay. The one where at the end he's going fuck 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 me. Fuck you! I used to hang upside down naked from the pole, just banging my head, screaming, Fuck me! <laughs> and people, dudes, would just, I mean, they'd just be throwing money at me left and right and shit. That's great. And I would, I would make like a whole, I had like this whole show, I would make a whole set out of that. One of the most requested songs and one of my most hated songs, um, <laughs> Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Just, I mean, it just, it was so, so, so wore out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just got to the point where every time that song came on, like, my, my Agent Orange would start acting up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like, so, if you are if you got the 10-minute the ten minute song, are you only getting to dance to one song? Or are you getting a longer set than everybody else? Because you're like, I get, I get the 10-minute song plus another song, too? How does that work? Uh, no, when um, whenever you know, like if 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 the club was packed enough and everything, and I had the crowd that I could do the ministry song to, I would we would we would count that as two songs. Okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I would I would pick like one song to start with, and yeah. then you know we would do 
yeah, my DJ and stuff, he was cool though, you know. Hell yeah. He knew he knew he would get paid good if he put me up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you, you're so you're not dancing anymore, right? No, just um, privately if clients request it. Okay. And, oh, and um, I also do dance videos. Oh shit! Nice. Yes, if you would like to request a song and pay me to do a video, it's thirty dollars. That's dope. Hell yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like, so not dance anymore, how do you feel like dancing has changed since you were dancing? Um, nobody puts on a show anymore. When I go to the strip clubs now, they just kind of twirl around the pole and clap their booty cheeks like there's no, um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like nobody really dances anymore. Like back when I first started dancing and everything. Like I mean, Goody Bob. Goody Bob actually said that exact same thing. They don't dance no more. That's <laughs> Well, see, I, I like Goody Mob. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like like back when I first started dancing and everything, like, you know, I would have songs and I would have things, you know, we would have costumes and stuff. You know, we would get up there and like put on shows like, uh, when Mortal Kombat came out. Remember remember, okay, yeah. well, remember what, the Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yes, like I had this whole... Finisher! <laughs> fight! <laughs> I had this whole ass routine, and I even made my own costume. I sewed it myself, like this, this like Chinese red costume that was open on the sides. And I had like this whole routine I would do to Mortal Kombat. And I would get up there, I would strip, I would hang upside down from the pole... <laughs> And I would whip out fans, and I actually practiced at home, hanging off, like, hanging over backwards off the side of my bed, upside down, and I practiced flipping these fans. So when I hung upside down from the pole, I would flip fans and catch them. That's incredible. Oh, yes. And, you know, we, we used to do shit like that all the time. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, it was, it was great. Damn, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. I didn't come to play, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but but I've always loved dancing, though. You know, it was just you know doing things like that. Like it's fun for me. You know, like when I make dance videos for clients now and stuff. I mean, like the song you pick, like I'll you know I'll pick outfits and yeah. you know props and stuff that oh shit you know go with the mood and the theme and everything else. Like you know, yeah, hell yeah. Do, would you would you ever go back to dancing? Would you ever dance it again? No. No? <laughs> the days the days are over? Those days are over. Well, like like if I could get up on stage, you know, like if I was at a club and somebody wanted me to go up on stage and do one set, I'd be like, oh, yeah, but like as far as, you know, doing it again, yeah, yeah. you know, like as a career, no, those days are over. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's, you know, it's and it's so much different the way things are now. It's just, yeah. it's a lot of work. I can make, these days I'm making as much in an hour as an escort as I, you know, I make all night at the strip club. Why the hell would I want to downgrade? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, nothing against dancers, nothing against dancers. I'm just saying though, you know, I'm, the money, you know, the money comparatively speaking. Okay, okay. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like dancing has had an influence on escorting at all? Do you feel like, uh... Yes, because, you know, um, you know, working in the strip clubs and, you know, interacting, I mean, that that's where I used to find all my clients. Okay. Yeah, you know, well, aside from the brief time that I worked with Jack Shacks and stuff, but, you know, that's, before, that's where I got all my clients and stuff, so, 
you know, just learning, you know, learning how to be seductive and, you know, interact and flirt and talk with people. And, you know, and that, that comes across, you know, with what I do now. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. So you took a break from sex work in between kind of like dancing, getting into escorting. How is, how is getting back into sex work been for you? Getting back into it now has, it's been a whole different world. And, you know, you're talking about a learning curve earlier. I did a hell of a lot of learning real quick. Yeah. Because the last time I was in it, you know, like I said, I, you know, I worked at the strip clubs before and that's where I got most of my clients and stuff. And, you know, so I, I never advertised online, you know, like the way we do things now, advertising online, having a website, social media. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's different. I like it, but it's, it's a whole lot of work. (laughs) So much. It is. Do you feel like, so in your break, do you feel like public perception, like how people, how the public feels about sex work has changed in that 10 years than when you were dancing? Do you feel like it's viewed any differently now than it was when you were dancing? Well, um, I definitely think people people are a little more accepting now. It's it's coming to the mainstream a lot more. Like, um, you know, like back in the early two thousands and stuff. You know, with all the crunk music in Atlanta, it got like the strip clubs. Oh got yeah, got popular, and you know that's that was one that was one of the first ways that sex work started coming into the mainstream and. You know, now, like, you know, going to the strip club and, you know, even even women and female customers going to the strip club. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's no big deal. And, um, you know, I see a lot of places there's there's a lot of movement going on now for decriminalization of full service sex work, which yeah. I think is amazing. But that's one of those things. I mean, I've been vocal about this all my adult life. Yeah. I'm like, why in the hell? It just it makes absolutely no sense. Like, I could go out here, I, you know, I can screw all the guys I want to, but if money exchanges hands, all of a sudden we're criminals. Yeah. That, that's never made sense to me. I'm like, you know, just leave, leave people alone. Let consenting adults do what they want to do. The government has absolutely no place being in people's bedrooms and, you know, legislating people's sex lives pretty much. Yeah. And you essentially like if it's like but if I if I say that we're in a relationship, you know, then it's like it's okay. But it's like if yeah. we like if it's like it was like, oh yeah, we fucked he gave me money, but it's like, oh we're in a relationship though, it's like, you know, it's not like yeah, it's like it's okay. It's it's weird. Yeah, you know what? You wanna know one of the biggest sex workers in America? Melania Trump. Yes. Hello, you know, I mean went look, you know, Melania, you're awesome. Get that money because you deserve it, honey doll. But Yo, for real, she's got to put up with so much shit. I'm like, right. Yo, let's get paid at least, you know. Hey. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> she's getting paid good, but you know, seriously though, like you know, women women marry for money all the time, and you know damn good and well, like Anna Nicole Smith, you know damn good and well she didn't marry that old shriveled up man because he had some good dick. Nope. <laughs> so, you, you know, come on, let's let's get real. It really is like, yeah. Even if you talk about, even if you talk a word to talk like porn, like we put a camera in front of here, then it's like, then it's well, legal now too. Like it's there. You go. Like it's 
it's it's truly incredible it's (laughs) yes it is you know that you know that's another thing you know i was talking to one of my friends about that a while back and it's like you know why you know you can fuck for money on camera but you know if two consenting adults want to do it behind closed doors without you know involving anybody else or whatever no bad shame 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 (laughs) (laughs) there should be no shame in that people have needs People have needs. And if you're not hurting anybody else with what you're doing, then, you know, why not? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, so <laughs> getting into escorting, right? Yeah. Do you feel like there was, like, are, is it the same kind of thing? Are you doing it by yourself? Is there anybody that's kind of helping you along the way starting out? Or is it you kind of just, like, try try something, doesn't work, try something else, try something else? Like, how is that kind of learning for you and, and escorting? When I first started doing it or now? Now. Oh, um, now I just, you know, I just kind of went into it blind. And honestly, I started out on, um, I started out under under the radar on sites, you know, like seeking arrangement. And, oh, God, those guys are such a pain in the ass. And, but, you know, get but getting back into it and everything, like, you know, I, it was something I'd been thinking about for a long time, but I never really knew where to go. So, you know, I started doing research online and stuff. And when I initially started out, like I said, on the Sugar Daddy sites, and they were such a pain in the ass dealing with those guys. So I'm like, all right, no, I ain't doing this bullshit. I ain't spending the night with you for 300 fucking dollars. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then, you know, I started doing some uh, some more research. And that's when I ran across Trist and I started looking at it. I was like, all right, you know, this is cool. I'm going to give this a try. Oh yeah. And honestly, when when I posted that first ad, I never never imagined things would take off the way they did. Was it like I, you like post the ad and it's like boom, like within within like even less than an hour of my ad going live, I had people hitting me up and stuff, but um you know, really I was just thinking when I started doing this again, I was thinking, you know, maybe I could see two or three clients a week, you know, make some extra money, supplement my income. And, you know, I started getting more and more and more interest, and I'm like, why don't you a website? And then I, I, you know, I discovered social media, and that that was actually the biggest turning point for me. Oh, nice. You know, was, you know, finding other ladies on Twitter and, like, you know, seeing what other successful escorts were doing. And, yeah, so that's where I learned a whole hell of a lot from the young women who have been you know, who who have been doing the social media and online thing for a long time. Fuck yeah. So shout out to all you ladies that I learned all this stuff from. Shout out to y'all. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> do people in your life know about your work? Um, Most do. Nice. Yeah. My mom knows what I do. Um, I mean, hell, she's she's been a sugar baby damn near her whole life. Yeah. She's 66. Her house is paid off. She gets her bills paid every month. She's got a monthly allowance, and her sugar daddy has written me into his will. So that's amazing. Go, mom! Hell yeah. <laughs> I learned from the best. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I mean, but I most of my friends, most all of my friends know what I do. But then a lot of you know, a lot of my friends are former sex workers as oh, well. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I just you know, in in general, I don't surround myself with judgmental people anyway yeah so if you're a judgmental asshole i got no time for you so yeah bye 
fuck. <laughs> Do you feel like it's beneficial to have somebody you can talk to about work? Oh, it, it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I always equate this. I've said this on the podcast so many times, but it's like, if I have a comedy related problem or issue, I want to talk to somebody who's going to understand what I'm talking about, you know? Right. And it's like, if I go to somebody that doesn't do stand up or doesn't get comedy, then I was like, well, this really wasn't helpful at all. You know, I don't feel any better. <laughs> but like, if if I could talk to somebody True. who's doing the same thing that I'm doing, I'm like, it, it makes me feel better. They understand what the fuck I'm talking about, you know? Uh, absolutely, and that's that's one of the things I love about the about the online Twitter community too. Yeah, and then also, you know, like I said, a lot of my friends are former sex workers. So, oh yeah, yeah. Do you have an average clientele? You feel like in companionship? Um. Yes. Most on average, uh, most of my clients are gentlemen my age, and you know, late forties and older. Okay. Regular everyday guys who just want to have fun with a beautiful woman and a lot of guys are just missing intimacy in their relationship and you know there's a lot of different reasons for it you know maybe you know i know sometimes with age you know your hormones change you lose interest in sex um you know sometimes it's for health or medical reasons but just you know you know mostly older gentlemen who just want to have some fun and get that spark and get some intimacy back in their lives. Hell yeah. Feels good. Feels uh, great. <laughs> yes, it does. Just, you know, they just, they just want to have some fun. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I see, I feel like we've, we've tweeted about it or we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but yeah. like younger clients, right? Yeah. How is, how is, how is it seeing younger clients? How, how do you feel about what's, how do you feel about younger clients? You know, I, I have mixed feelings when it comes to younger clients because I I have a few long-term regulars who are in their 20s who are absolutely great, very respectful, but I found that a lot of younger men who they've, you know, they've grown up with online porn at their fingertips, and too many of them have just, they've literally become desensitized. They can't get an erection. They can't get off unless they're watching porn. So, you know, when they come to see me, they, I mean, they just, they go at me, they want to go at me like a machine for damn near the entire time because they just, yeah, that's what you see. They, like, they like, just, they just can't do it because it's not that, you know, it's crazy that you could like jerk off to like a, a video, right? But like, there's yes. a there's a, a beautiful lady right in front of you, and it's like, well, this isn't really doing it for me. Like when it's like you're simulating the thing that you're <laughs> like, it's 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 wild. But you know, it's I don't I don't feel like it's it's not like oh this this is not doing it for me. I I feel like they're enjoying it, and I feel like they're enjoying being with me. But they've just they've had so much of that overstimulation. Yeah. That it's just. I feel like I've been there before. I get it. Yeah, it's a oh, thing. Okay. Hey. So, yeah. So, so young guys, y'all turn off the porn. Get your hand off your dick. Just, you know, just just chill. Maybe, you know, go, go see a provider once in a while and actually have some fun. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> go have some fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's but yeah, it's 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 not that they're bad clients. It's just it's a whole 
you know, it's a whole different mindset. Yeah. For guys that age. I get. I mean, I mean, I mean, since I was a kid, you know, it's like, I'd say like twelve or thirteen. I feel like I saw like saw internet porn, and it's like yeah. for yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, be you know, at my age, I remember. You know, like, you had to go to, like, this little back room at the, like, to rent a movie. Yeah, yeah. And there was, like, this whole little back room with these VHS movies. <laughs> and I'll never forget the first time my mom and her boyfriend rented a triple X movie. And they told me and my brother and my cousin, like, y'all go outside and play. And, but, but it's 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> and they locked the door. And we were sitting there, like, we knew what they were up to. We were peeking through the window and laughing. And, laughing. and it's like, y'all ain't fooling nobody. But, yeah, you know, you you had to actually like go out and then you know in the early 90s when the internet really you know the internet as we know it started becoming a thing it was it was all behind a paywall but now it's like you can type in like x tube Pornhub, whatever there's like a million free sites and it's right there at your fingertips yeah basically Pornhub just bought up all these sites that were like had this paywall and then basically just took away the paywall Oh wow! And it's yeah, it's Pornhub like bought Damn. so many, <laughs> Pornhub bought so many, so many uh, like porn studios. It's it's truly incredible. No shit. Yeah, it's wild. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you feel like in in escorting, right? Do you feel like people that are reaching out to you, potential clients, do you feel like they know what they're doing when they hit you up? Um. For the most part, yes. Nice. It's getting better. <laughs> yes. Well, but, you know, I I have a website and I try to go into as much detail as I can on there to to facilitate clients booking me, you know, especially if, you know, maybe it's, you know, their first time or whatever. But, you know, all of us, we, we all operate differently. Yeah. So I think it's important to have as much information as you possibly can safely on your website. Yeah. So, so you know, anybody who takes the time to read my website, they should know what they're doing. Yeah. By the time they book me. If you read the site, it tells you exactly what to do. Yes. This is the information that I need from you. <laughs> right. <laughs> fill, it, fill it out. Put it in. Hey, we can we can get this popping. You know. It's... Yeah. You know, and this this is how I operate. These are my expectations, my boundaries. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah, overall, most know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. That's good news. <laughs> it is. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so this question comes from Bobby on Patreon, right? Okay. He, he wants to know, have you ever, like, worked at any, like, cons at all? Like, I guess, like, escorting-wise? And I guess, like, how is has, how, has that ever happened and how is that, I guess? <laughs> Um, I have, I've never worked a con because when, you know, when I go to a con and I'm in that mode, I'm just, I'm just there to have fun. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm like whatever cosplay I'm in, I'm just, I'm in that headspace of that character. You know, I'm just there to have a good time. Nice. Nice. Do you, do you ever feel pressure in a session to live up to clients' expectations at all? The only time I really feel any kind of pressure is, um... When it's a client who has never, ever done this before. Oh, okay. Like first time. If I'm, yes. If, if I'm their first provider, because, because you know, like clients, like it's their first time seeing me, but they've, but you know, they're not new to the game. Yeah. They know what's going on. I just, you know, I feel, I feel relaxed. I just do my thing. But like, if I know it's somebody's first time seeing a provider and I'm the first one, I kind of feel like, I don't know, like I'm, 
I'm taking their virginity at the prom or something. I feel like I need, you know, (laughs) I feel like I need to make that special. And then, cause, but then also, cause you know, if, if I'm the first one you're seeing, you're going to be spoiled after that. (laughs) I'm one of those people. I'm like, I have, I, I pay so much attention to detail. Like with everything, everything from myself, my in call, everything else, communication from from front to finish. So hell yeah, yeah. If that's that's really the only time I feel pressure. Nice, nice. <laughs> First timers, hey, go see her. <laughs> oh my god, you yeah. I'll ruin you, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I've said this before. If any, I feel like if anybody kind of follows you on Twitter. You kind of, you are outspoken against kind of like these review boards, review culture, uh, these four. How do you, how do you feel about these, these sites? Um, I feel like these sites are not beneficial to providers. You know, on, on the one hand, yes, if you advertise on them and you cater to that type of clientele, Sure, you might might you might make more money, but at the same time, what what is the price you have to pay for that? Sacrificing, you know, your mental health, you're dealing with overall um, forum hobbyists tend to be entitled and demanding, and I mean, really, like when I'm with a client, the last thing I want to sit there and be doing is like stressing about like. Oh my God! What is this guy looking at? How's how's he gonna rate me and grade me? And yeah, oh, oh my God! Do I have a chip on the on my right toenail that he's gonna go back and complain about? Uh, she had this freckle on her boobie. She gets a five in looks. I didn't like that. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. Those guys are just um, they're strange in their thinking. I think, uh, I feel like it's hard, like, if you kind of, like, don't know anything about this world, like, I feel like the way I found out about everything was, like, I googled Raleigh Escorts, because I was living in Raleigh at the time, right? And I feel like these kind of review sites are going to come up, and you don't know, as a new person, what this really is, so you're looking, and then you kind of, you're like, oh my, like, some of the things you read, some of the things you see, and I'm like, (laughs) Moroski, how, first off, how, how old are you? If you are talking about like, oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't like fifty more than fifty dollars. What are we talking about here? Come on, like, oh like, lord, what, like, what, like, <laughs> bro, what? This is twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. Like, these prices have gone up. Inflation is a real. How does inflation not like inflation affects everything except for sex workers? Apparently, you know, it's like these prices should oh, never yeah. go up. These prices should. Why are we one hundred twenty? What? What? Like, it's it's wild. Oh, I know it definitely is. I mean, prices, that's one of the biggest things they complain about. And then and then deposits. Oh, yeah. Even though even though I've seen guys on review forums sit there and straight up talk about um, giving a provider a different address that's close to theirs because they want to watch her when she shows up. And if he doesn't think her looks are up to par, he's going to ghost her. Damn. And they wonder... And they wonder why the hell we demand deposits and yeah. real world information. I'm like, really? 
I think too, it's like a, like a lot of like shit that I've seen before. It's like people are afraid to scream, like you're gonna out like out them or something. It's like you have way better shit to do than try to fuck with random people that are not even giving you money. You know, seriously. Like, what the like? <laughs> I want you to come see me. I want you to have a good time and come back and see me more. Yeah. Like I give I give zero fucks. Like you know about any of that other stuff. Yeah. It's. I just I want to show you a good time, but then but you know of course clients should do their homework, yeah, and make sure that the provider that they're giving their info or deposit or whatever to is legit. But you know there's there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I've I like it's probably been like fucking like last March, I sent like I think it was it ended up being maybe two hundred fifty dollars I got scammed out of. Oh shit! But I was being—it was dumb. I was being dumb, you know. Uh, well, <laughs> when I think about you... it, when I think about it now, I was like, "Bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're so stupid, fucking idiot, bro." Well, as but long, that wasn't even like as a legitimate. You acknowledge that. I mean, I guess, that, that wasn't even a legitimate like provider at all. That's somebody who's just like strictly a scammer that like gets people to send them money. Is that was no? Okay. Well, you know, though it 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 happens sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. that is the thing that sucks. It's like these people that are online posting these ads, like strictly with the intent to scam somebody. The only pe- people that they're hurting are like legit sex workers that are trying to fucking make money yes. doing the real thing. You know, it's like these. If you're a scammer out there, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you please know subscribe. I'm... Please subscribe and give us a five star rating. But just stop what you're doing, okay? Stop it. <laughs> You know what? You know I've thought about starting my own screaming service. Except if guys want to know if somebody's legit, because I know so many things to look for. Yeah. Like, hit me up. Tell me where her ads are, what her social media is, and let me give it a go. Yeah. Because I, unfortunately, I I had a nice friend that this happened to a while back, and as soon as I clicked on the Twitter link that he gave me, I'm like, dude. i mean i knew from the first post i saw that that was bullshit (laughs) i think if you're coming in blind right because i feel like a lot of people like i didn't know anybody who had seen an escort before i ever got into this yeah and some people might be like like i don't want to talk i don't want anybody to know what i'm doing so i'm not going to reach out to anybody but if you can just research really research really fucking helps like read read as much as you fucking can yes read a lot and that'll help and if you if you see things like um like no rules or yeah no screening come over right no now no rules no screening available 24 7 um you know things like that it's like you know that right there should be stop <laughs> red there's red flags that are going to pop up along the way and you're like yes just, just listen look at the flags and you know, and a lot of scammers are getting savvy. Like they're going to social media and stuff. Like I'm, like I mentioned earlier, the um, the Twitter site that got my friend. But what I went on there, like you know, I'm looking at it right off the bat. I saw this no rules special, and I'm like, okay, no, no, no high end provider is gonna do that. And then when I started scrolling down, it was just like like the same posts and the same stuff just regurgitated over and over. There was there was no engagement, no nothing. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's S- just somebody. Up, right? Yeah, yes. 
So, you know, you, you got to look at things like that. Just because somebody has a social media, you know, you got to look at the posts. you got to look at how they engage with other people, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you feel like you like most about escorting? Um, aside from the money, um, yeah. <laughs> I like, um, you know, I love, I love being able to, um, to be my own boss. I get to make my own schedule. I get to make my own rules. Oh yeah. You know, I get, I get, I get to run my own show. I don't have anybody telling me what to do, when I should work, how much I should make. I can, um, I can pick and choose who I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. The customer's not always right. Customer's definitely not always right. <laughs> Burger King fucked up when they said that shit. Fuck like, you, Burger King. <laughs> what uh? What do you like least about escorting? Time wasters. Yeah. I feel like, do you, do you deal with many time wasters now? Do you feel like it's, it's changed since you got back into escorting? Like, was it... Has do you feel like you deal with more time wasters now, less time wasters? Is it what's well, um depending on how you want to run your business, you know, it you know, everybody's gotta do what they gotta do. But um for me, taking my number off my ad, that right there probably cut out, you know, a good eighty percent of the bullshit. Nice. And then I added a contact form to my website and then you know, just probably about three weeks ago, I took my email off my ads, too. Oh, nice. So now anybody who wants to contact me to set up a booking has to go to my website, fill out the contact form. So, yeah, I don't have people blowing up my damn phone all the time. Hey, hi, you available? Four o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. Fuck you, man. <laughs> so I assume, like, I assume that with you taking that information off your ad, you're probably, your inquiries probably dropped. Yes. Was there any fear in doing that, that maybe if I do this, that people will book me any less? Was there any fear in that? There there absolutely was. And I mean, you know, in, anytime you make changes, there's always this, you know, fear in the back of your mind, like, oh, God, you know, is this, is this going to fuck me up? But yes, since I did all that, I get less inquiries, but the ones that I do actually come through. Yeah. You know, last August was when I really buckled down. I started requiring more deposits. I took my number off my ad. I put a contact form up. And since that time, I have not had one person no-show. Nice. No-shows, no no-shows whatsoever. That's amazing. And I've had, um, let's see, four cancellations. Okay, that's not... Yeah, since August, yeah. like that's not... That's... Yes, and um, yes, and, and all, the, all the cancellations... Um, they they were all done way well ahead of time. Nice. And the one person who canceled the day before, he had paid a deposit, and he's like, "Do I owe you anything else?" And I was like, "Actually, your deposit covers it. You're good to go." Nice. So yes, I mean, you know, I I know I see that that's a big thing. Like like a lot of providers, they're afraid if they go there, they're going to get less inquiries and stuff. And yes, you will, but. You know, if you know, if most of the guys who are hitting you up, they're they're flaking at the last minute, they're not showing up, you're not making money. Yeah. So Yeah. And all you're doing is getting frustrated. Your time has been wasted. So so there you go. And I feel like if I'm gonna fill out 
like forms, right? Yeah. I filled out forms to email people for the podcast, and I've emailed forms to book somebody. A lot of the information is quite like extensive, you know, that people want. And I'm like, if I'm filling out all this form, I want to see you because if I don't want to see you, I'm not going to fill out the form. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's simple as that. Like, I'm not. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, if I want to see you, but that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, see, that's what I'm saying. You know, serious serious clients. When I when I first started doing this again, you know, I was I was answering all. I was trying to be available all the time. I was answering all those hey highs, you know, what the hell ever. And at the end of the day, I got burned out within like the first six months. I was so agitated. I was having a hard time sleeping. Yeah. Every time my work phone would go off, like I would start shaking and having heart palpitations. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? What kind of fuckery am I going to have to deal with? Basically. Yeah. It was that damn bad. And it was like, you know, at that point I just had to step back and be like, all right, I got to rethink how I'm doing things. Yeah. But like I said, you know, a lot of the successful ladies on Twitter, I had been watching them, you know, getting pointers from them on what they were doing. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to try this, see how it works out. Because, you know, if you try something, it doesn't work out. You can always go back and change it. Yeah. That's the thing of like, I feel like in so many things, it's just like trial and error. Try this thing. Doesn't work. Let's fucking shift. Absolutely. Try something that doesn't like shift. It's always, you're never in anything. You're never stuck in what you're doing. You can always, I feel like change in everything. Oh yeah. It's it, you know, nothing set in stone. Yeah. For sure. Oh, so, so you mentioned kind of burnout a little bit. What, uh, what helps with burnout? Have you found any, like what, what, yeah. What helps with burnout? You feel like? Um, for me, just, um, setting like those boundaries that I just talked about, setting those boundaries and keeping them has really helped me from, you know, preventing me from getting burnout because I'm not, you know, I'm not dealing with a barrage of bullshit all day, every day. The inquiries that I do get, I would say, you know, 99% are legit. Nice. Every now and then, a, every now and then, a little shithead comes through. But yeah. you know, overall, every inquiry I get, as long as they pass screening, everything pans out. It's good to go. And yeah, so you know, um, set setting and keeping those boundaries and getting more quality clients, that's kept me from experiencing burnout. Nice, nice. So you know, you know, since I started doing that, it's you know, I. I haven't been feeling that or having those issues. Oh yeah, yeah. I know you mentioned Twitter community a lot. How how helpful uh, how how helpful has the Twitter community been for you in getting back into sex work? Oh man, it's um it it has been invaluable. And I want to give a shout out to all you amazing ladies on Twitter. You guys are fucking fantastic. I love y'all for real. Oh yeah. Yes, the community on Twitter. Yeah, it's 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 the best. Oh yeah, because and you know and, and the great thing about it is it's it's not just one thing or another. Like there, you know, there are so many ladies, you know, from different walks of life, different countries, different races, different ages, different, you know, all across the board. You can find something, you know, having having all that input from you know so many different perspectives. It's it's definitely invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like because you can like you can have an experience and then you might be like I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this before 
within your job, and then you see on Twitter somebody's talking about the exact same thing that you've experienced. Oh, absolutely, and you're yes. like, holy shit, this is fucking, like, <laughs> I'm not alone in this. Like, I can take advice from other people. Like, it's, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I love that. What do you feel like some... What do you feel like some misconceptions that, you know, the public or people may have about sex work that, you know, you've, you found to be like completely false? You know, one of the biggest things is, um, I think people look at sex workers as like this monolith, like we're this, you know, we're these poor downtrodden victimized women and, and no, you know, like I said, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's like any other job. It's got, it's good. It's bad. It's ugly. It's everything in between. It's, yeah. you know, it's not one thing or another, you know, I've kind of, um, like I told somebody one time, you know, you can liken it to working in the hospitality industry. If you work at McDonald's, your experience is going to be vastly different than if you work at a five-star Michelin restaurant or Applebee's or Outback or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's but I think I think yeah, you know, one of the one of the biggest misconceptions that is that we're all just these poor downtrodden people who are desperate, we're we're drug addicts, we're you know, just people of low morals. And that is absolutely, absolutely not true. Yeah. I've met so many I've met so many doing this podcast. And not even not even necessarily through this podcast, but also just sex work I've seen, and I'm like, fucking some of the best fucking people. I'm like, y'all are great. Y'all are y'all are y'all are awesome. Oh fuck yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean the ladies in this industry, we're beautiful, we're bad, we're mad, we're sad, we're killer, we're gorgeous, we're ugly, we're big, we're small, we're everything. We are we are all women. Yeah. And some of the men. Ryan, I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are very few legit male escorts, so I had to give a shout out to my man Ryan Fantasy. Oh shit! <laughs> it's funny. I know exactly who that is. That's, that's... <laughs> yes, he's 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 legit. He's awesome. So, any of you ladies out here who might be listening to this, yes, get you a little Ryan. Hell yeah! <laughs> hey, what up, Ryan? How you doing, dog? <laughs> Do you feel like sex work has helped in any other aspects of your life? Yes, absolutely. You know, when you're in this business, you, you know, you have to learn how to have firm boundaries. You have to learn how to really stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself. Because a lot of times, you know, you're not going to have anybody to back you up. And that definitely carries over into other aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give somebody maybe that wants to get into dancing, maybe wants to get into escorting? What advice would you give that person? If you want to get into dancing, do something with your money. Don't fall into the party trap. Lord am I. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though. I mean, you know, you know, dancing's cool, but um, it's one of those things... You know, you definitely don't want to end up doing it, you know, like I did. I, you know, I was in the industry for almost 10 years. And I ended up falling into the party trap. And at 32, I had nothing. And, I, you know, I had nothing. And still to this day, I have absolutely nothing to show for that time. Nothing to show for all the money I made. So, actually, you know, 
take as much money as you can, do something with it, invest it, um, buy, buy a car, or do, you know, do something. Don't just go blow it. Yeah. How long do you see yourself in sex work? How long, how long, how long are you, how long are you escort? How long are you in sex work for? What do you, what do you think? Um, it, you know, as, as long as I enjoy it and as long as it's viable for me. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's this misconception that once you get past a certain age, you age out, you can't do this anymore. Um, older sex workers, they shouldn't charge this much, blah, blah, blah. Dude, man, I know women who are in their 50s and 60s who are absolutely incredible, making bank, yeah. slamming and jamming, man, you know? Yeah. No, I don't I don't plan on stopping just because somebody says, oh, you're too old to be doing this, young lady. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, The people are excited. <laughs> and, you know, there, and there, are a lot, there are a lot of older men out there who actually prefer being with a woman who's closer to their own age. Yeah. And somebody... You know, somebody who has experience. Yeah. Like yeah. Experience, I'm like, hey, experience is it's a great thing. Hell yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a thing you could like, so if you could do anything, right? Like if money weren't, a, weren't a, an obstacle or whatever. Do you have a thing like, I would do this thing if I could do that thing? Ooh. If I could do anything in the world and money was no object, I would... I would travel all around the world, go into all the ancient civilizations. Ooh, nice. I've, um, I'm endlessly fascinated with, like, you know, human origins and ancient civilizations oh, and how nice. we spread out all around the world. So, you know, like, I've I've been to one such place in um, in the United States, in New Mexico. Okay. There's a Pueblo that's it's at a national park, and it was first inhabited... I'm thinking about a thousand or eleven hundred years ago, something like that. Oh shit! Yes, and then you know, like like all the pyramids and the civilizations that were in South America, and then all the civilizations in Africa yeah. and Europe. And, you know, I mean, there there are so many of them. I would just love to go all over the globe and explore all those ancient places. That'd be cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, are you fan of stand up comedy? I'm not a fan of stand up. All right, cool. I won't ask that question. I do like I do like Lunell though. Oh, <laughs> she's good. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like sketch comedy though. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen uh what the fuck is it? And I like some of the old British comedies too. Okay, okay. Yes. What the fuck is it called? Uh oh my god, Tim Robbins. I think I'll leave or something. Jesus, what the fuck? I can't there. Oh my god, I can't even think of the name of the show. It's on it's on Netflix, but it's it's super sketch comedy show. So funny, it's good. (laughs) Tim Robbins on Netflix. Yeah, I'll look it up when we when we finish this. I'll I'll let you know it is. But yeah, Um, yeah, I love like one of my favorite sketch comedy shows was in Living Color. Okay, okay. There's never been another show like that. Nice. Hell yeah. You couldn't do that shit now because everybody gets mad about everything. Yeah, so many things. Like if you were to look at just in the past, you're like, oh, do it now. Even (laughs) I feel like even even if you look at the Office, you know, there's things that happened on the Office that you'd be like, oh boy, uh, Michael Scott, what a oh boy, HR, Toby, you should have been doing a better job on your boy. Because this motherfucker's out of control, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Man, Samantha, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been so much fun. I appreciate you having me on here, man. It's been uh, a blast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, before we get out of here, uh, any do you want to plug any social media for the people so they can find you anywhere? Um, on Twitter at Samantha Sky X. Nice. That's same on Instagram. Um, I'm consistent all the way across the board. All my social media, everything is at Samantha Sky X. Awesome. That's also my Cash App and my Venmo too. Hey, people! Just send so, us, just so you know, send us some money. Fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man, Samantha. This has been so. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, and um, my website is meetsamanthasky.com. Oh hell yeah, fuck yeah, people! You heard it, Samantha Sky X. Meetsamanthasky.com. Do the things. Hell yeah. Dun 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 dun. Hey, listeners, we will be back <laughs> later. That was my interview with Samantha Sky. Shout out, Samantha. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was so much fun. Listener, she just plugged it. You can find her on Twitter at Samantha Sky X. You can find her on Instagram, Samantha underscore Sky underscore X. Her website, meetsamanthasky.com. I will have links to all of those in the show notes from this week. Hit the show notes, click the link, show her some love. As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I am at Tank Funkadelic. This has been episode 91. I appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You'll be alerted as soon as those new episodes drop every single Tuesday. Ratings and reviews help so much for visibility for the show, so if you can, hit us with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review if you cannot do that. Tell somebody about the podcast. Tell somebody you like. Tell somebody you don't like. Tell your neighbor that's kind of weird that you don't really talk to. Just just put a note in their mailbox. That's full service. Maybe they look it up. Maybe they don't. But hey, we are facilitating the conversation. So uh, hey, tell somebody about the podcast. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is through Patreon. We are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash full service pot. Each month we have at least one Patreon exclusive episode. This month, our guest will be friend of the podcast, Alexis Reynolds. We uh, sat down and recorded maybe like a week and a half ago. So I'm excited. Hey, if you want to hear that, hey, patreon.com slash full service pod. If you want to hear anything talked about on the show, if you want to be a guest, if you just want to write in, let me know what's up. Send us an email, fullservicepod at gmail.com. We will be back on Tuesday. Oh boy, what's happening? My uh, guest is Bay Area-based companion Flora Sparks. We sat down a couple days ago and recorded. So that will be on Tuesday. Super excited for y'all to hear that. I realized, I mentioned at the end of this episode, I was talking about a show on Netflix. The dude's name is Tim Robinson, not Robbins. And the show is, uh, I'll think, I think you should leave. Uh, so if you want to watch that, fucking hilarious. So funny. But hey, we will be back on Tuesday. I hope everything is good wherever you are. Uh, I will see you then. Later. Full service.